Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey, Leah. Hey, Annie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing really well. Doing really well. Looking forward to um, Halloween coming up here. I know my kids are super excited. Oh yeah, totally. Um, mine love it. It's a big, big deal here in our neighborhood. Um, and it's a lot more fun than our topic for today, which is um, making sense of insurance coverage for lactation services. And if you're like, oh my gosh, I would yeah. much okay. rather. So would we, to yeah. be honest. Like we're 100%. like I'm not. I'm telling you, when we pick this topic, where we're like. Do we really? But you what? know what? The thing is, is that we do because it's important we and we feel like we're, we're, we're going to get through it and hopefully make it enjoyable for you and not, you know, not really, really horrendous. And because, and this is why it's because lactation consultants are awesome and fun and the insurance companies are the problem. So if we keep our focus in the right place, we can have some fun talking about this topic. Yes. A hundred percent. So before we get started, Annie, tell us about our sponsor. So this episode is sponsored by Acuity, where you can book it like a boss and work it like a champion. And you can go to acuityscheduling.com slash LBC, which stands for Lactation Business Coaching for a free 45-day trial. Having your online scheduling worked out is going to free up all this mental space for your fight against the insurance companies. So um, yeah. Do it for that reason. Yes. Stick it to the man with acuity scheduling. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love acuity and it's definitely freed up a lot of time for my business as well. So before we get started, my marketing tip for day actually has to do with insurance. A lot of families are looking for people who take insurance or can help them get their out-of-network insurance files, claims filed. And so marketing to to that point, you know, sharing with people that, oh, I'm in network with these companies 
or I can assist you with getting your super bill, you know, your, your claim reimbursed, or I have resources for that. You can market for that specifically, which can really help those people that are looking for that additional um, factor in your services. I think that's great. And a lot of people are doing that actually putting on their website what the Affordable Care Act says, because contrary to what you might think, nobody's actually telling new parents that they have these benefits. Can you believe it? The insurance companies aren't like being like, by the way, don't forget, we cover lactation. No, they're hiding it. They don't want their clients to find out that this these services are covered. So we can advocate for our clients by explaining to, to them what the Affordable Care Act says, so, um, which is p- what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Mainly, we want to help you make sense of what lactation benefits are and give you some clear talking points that you can put on your website or use in conversations with your clients to help them understand what their rights are under the Affordable Care Act. So if you're outside of the U.S. listening to this episode, thank you so much for your support. Go spend the next 30 minutes doing something really lovely for yourself (laughs) and just enjoy the fact that you live in a country where you don't have to deal with this nightmare that is insurance. So thank you. Have fun. See. Okay, so what I'm going to start by just putting out there what the Affordable Care Act says, which is it it's pretty vague, unfortunately. It's yeah, that lactation. Yeah. That <laughs> is our problem. It's like our problem, it's also like it's like a, it goes both ways. It says that lactation services are covered. It doesn't specify who should provide them and it doesn't stipulate limits on when they can get it. And that the problem is that either that can be interpreted really broadly to say, yeah, well then go see a lactation an IBCLC, you know, right. hire me or Leah. But then some some insurance companies are, are are interpreting it the other way and saying, "Well, don't you get that in the hospital? Don't yeah, you get that from your pediatrician? That. Have you had clients deal with that?" Yes, that the the call their insurance company to see what benefits they have available, and the insurance company is like, "We'll only pay for the the lactation consultant in the hospital that you got in your global care." with your delivery, you know, so it's like considered, well, you got that, that was in the global care with your delivery. You already received your lactation help done. Right. And because ev- everybody knows that you're all set uh, by day yeah. three, you're fine. Sure. Yeah. Nothing you happens after day three. Help. Yeah. These crazy people that think they need help after day three, it's insanity. They're, they're just doing it wrong. That's what your <laughs> know, insurance right? company wants you to think. You're just doing yeah. it wrong. You're not yeah. doing it wrong. You're having those struggles that, uh, People for millennia around the world have had. Everybody needs help. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've had a lot of that. I've had a lot of the insurance companies taking this to mean like, well, we'll pay for it only if the the lactation consultant is also an MD, a doctor, which is like, okay, well, there's two in Houston. So those two people also don't do lactation consultations. So that's not going to work or they have to be um, some other profession as well. I've also had um, people who were told this came up when I was um, a La Leche League leader and doing phone support, people would call. And and this happened more than once where the insurance company said, oh, you need a lactation consultant. And they gave my number as a leader. Oh my gosh. And they, and they gave, they just went on our La Leche League of Queens website and just said, oh yeah, you can go see these people. 
Yeah, because it's free and then they don't have to right. pay for it. Ah, that's so frustrating. Yeah, and it's not the level of care that some people need. You know, some people need more than what could be provided in a La Leche League setting. So that's and La Leche so League leaders, they're volunteers. And it's it's unreasonable to expect that a volunteer is going to come to your home and do a two-hour visit. Like, please, if you're a volunteer, please don't do that. Yeah. Unless, unless it really brings you great joy and satisfaction on an immense level you're not that's not really what's required of you and it's not yeah. right it's also not right for insurance companies to expect like that be their right resource that for for care you know like if somebody's calling you for lactation consult and then that's the resource you give them free resources and because this has been, I mean, a problem that has kind of taxed our profession since the beginning, which is, you know, that kind of mindset or attitude that we get is like, oh, but don't you just love to do this? So Why are you charging for, for it? Just yeah. do it for free. And the insurance companies are kind of, kind of banking, banking on, that. on that. I know. Yeah. I was like, they're totally banking Literally. on that. Yeah, for sure. So That's what happens is um, that clients will... Um, be told, you know, told, okay, we have these services. The insurance companies are going to get put up some roadblocks. The National Women's Law Center has a great toolkit that includes phone scripts for talking to your insurance company about um, what your services are. So this is a great free resource to provide to your clients. Have it, you know, I send it to my clients as an attachment when they book. You can have it as a download on your webpage um, the, to the actual PDF to just say, here's what you call and tell them to get covered. Um, because they're what, what in most cases, um, well, in every case, it's either you're looking for in-network services or out-of-network services. So your insurance company is always going to want you to go in-network. That's that's how the whole network thing works. And I'm, we've all dealt with that with other healthcare issues. Um, and, um, you know, finding out, you know, after the fact that you saw somebody who was out of network and what a nightmare that is, or your doctor referring you to somebody. This happened to me recently. I jammed my finger and I need to get occupational therapy and the orthopedist referred me to an OT. They're like, oh yeah, they're just up the street. I walked up the street. I was like, I'm not even going to have to move my car. I walked up the street and they weren't in network. Uh, and so then I like spent like my morning calling around the places that my insurance provided, but I'm like, I don't know if they're any good, but they're in right. network. And I have to right. say, I want to stay in network because I don't want to spend a fortune on this. So that's the mindset that we're dealing with. People are already like assuming that it's going to be a hassle and then their insurance company is saying, you have to see somebody in network, but if they don't have someone in network, if they have someone in network, that's great. They can, you know, like there are insurance companies that have in-network people. And when that happens, that means, you know, I'm in network and I send in the claims to the insurance company. The insurance company pays me. Sometimes I have to charge my clients for cost sharing because even when I'm in network, the insurance companies do it wrong. And that's, um, but I'm handling that the client is not really having to deal with that. Um, when they're out of network, that means I don't have any relationship with the insurance company. So I am not obligated to take what the insurance company says I should take for these services. So for in-network, being in-network with an insurance company, I'm in-network with Aetna. That means that I'm agreeing that what Aetna tells me is fair, a fair price for my services. I agree to accept that. 
and I, and I don't, I'm not allowed to say, oh, well, you only paid me $50 for this consult, but I think it's worth 75. I can't then go to the client and say, you know, Edna only paid me $50. Will you give me the extra 25? I'm not allowed to do that. Right. What Aetna will sometimes do though, is say, oh, well, the patient hasn't met their deductible yet. So we're going to cover it at $50 but you need to collect that from the client, which is totally wrong and totally against the Affordable Care Act and not supposed to happen. And this like happens all the time, which is the main reason I hired a biller as we <laughs> talked about in the last episode, because I got tired of just like dealing with it. Um, so there's a whole lot that goes along with that. And out of network, you're just saying, my fee is my fee. Here is a super bill. So Leah, you're, we're all providing, you're providing super bills to your clients to send in for the insurance company. So like what kinds of things go on the super bill that they're, that your out of network clients are sending into their insurance companies? Yes. As far as, you know, we make sure we have all their client information and the codes that we used and we have them pretty standard across the board for, you know, initial visit versus follow-up, that kind of thing. And then that they paid, you know, we have that marked on there and then we sign the super bills and send them out and those go out um right after just automatically we send them to everybody who's out of network we get them out to them and we actually have the link for the national women's law center uh theirs and and i always make sure i talk to my patients about our clients about that like make sure you look at this link. It's going to give you lots of resources to know what to say and how, you know, how to engage with the insurance company to get this covered, more likely to get it covered. And one common thing that we hear um, about super bills is that people aren't giving them to their clients because they're like, well, my clients aren't going to send them in. They're not going to get covered. And my clients don't care. So, which is fine. They don't have, like your clients are not obligated to try to pursue reimbursement from their uh, insurance company. You know, that's fine. They don't have, they're not required to do that. Um, So, but I, ethically speaking, I do think we are required to provide them with it. And if anything, just as um, an advocacy issue to say, you do have these rights and I'm not going to gatekeep information about your rights under the Affordable Care Act. What you choose to do with this super bill is totally up to you. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what you do with the super bill, but I feel like it is my responsibility to make sure they have it because even if, even if I, because first of all, I'm not going to make assumptions about whether they are, or aren't going to turn it in. But even if they tell me, oh, I'm not going to bother, just say, I'm just going to give it to you anyway. Yeah. And it's so simple. Like a lot of, if you're using an EHR, a lot of them will enter, like you can input one and they all autofill and it's literally like two clicks. It's one click to choose the code and one click to shoot it off to the person. I mean, it's just so simple. And if you have a templated email, that's what we do templated email with the resources to get it covered. I mean, just shoots off. It's, it's, you know, seconds of our time, um, but actually can really be beneficial. And I, I talk about it always in my visits, um, make sure that I talk about, you know, you, you were out of network, but I highly recommend you pursue, even if you get a portion of the visit reimbursed, it definitely tells the insurance company that this is a service that's being used and needed. And it will more likely allow us to have 
have the ability to be in network with more companies if they know that this is a service that's being used and needed. And that's, you know, really like going to help with helping people who are, um, you know, on Medicaid and who are needing, you know, don't have private insurance, you know, if we're seeing that this is a service that's being used and, and, and the insurance companies, you know, they're, they are tracking health outcomes. You know, they do have metrics that they're looking for. And these are things that we can, you know, we want to show that like, if you pay upfront for lactation services, you're not paying down the road for these other related health outcomes that could have been prevented if right. breastfeeding was successful or let, went longer than it did. So, you know, I mean, that's, you know, gets into the public health realm and it definitely, there's crossover there between insurance and public health and trying to, you know, really focus on the providing the super bill as almost a public health issue. I know there are people out there um, who are billing out of network insurance directly. So what that means, so the way that Leah and I do it is our clients pay us up front. I know you do it the same way I do. I take yeah. cash up front. I take my payment at the time of the visit. They get the super bill and then it's up to them to deal with the insurance company about reimbursement. And um, sometimes what will happen, I don't know if you've ever gotten this call or like a letter from one of the in- out of network insurance companies where they're like, yeah, we got your the super bill or whatever, but, you know, reasonable and customary, we think it's like $18. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Have gotten that EOB back. Yeah, for sure. We've definitely gotten quite a few calls as well. Do you, do you talk to them when they call? Um, well, my admin, yeah, I mean, we do. If it's something like, oh, they needed it. Cause a lot of times it's, even though it's on our super bill, like all the information they could ever possibly need is literally at the top of the super bill. Like you cannot miss it. It's in clear print. Like there's no way you could miss this. And they will call us and be like, we need your NPI. And I'm like, Ugh. because you can't read like it's right there. Or, you know, we need your, your business address or we, it, whatever, which is all on the super bill. But that's the call we get most often. We don't get a lot of, um, like haggling type calls. Um, but most of the time it's like, there's some missing piece of information. They need clarification on it. And I just think it's a waste of everybody's time because a total waste. I get those calls all the time too. And I definitely like cooperate, you know, I want to help my clients, but then I, I tend to not, I won't talk to them on the phone because I'm like, there are, they are going to try to haggle or they are going to try to like something, I'm just, I just don't want to talk <laughs> to them. I want to get trapped so in that. <laughs> I'm like, I'll listen to the voicemail and I'll hear what it says. And then I'll send my client. I'm like, here's an updated super bill to send to your insurance. They left me a message, but I have gotten the calls where they're trying to, t- to get me to take less money or oh, tell really? me what their oh, contracted wow. rate is. And I'm like, I'm just, I just will not call you back. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to call you back. Yeah. So I, I, cause I, and I know, cause I know some people have, are, doing differently where they're not charging the, well, so some people are doing kind of an in-between, which is the clients are paying them up front and then they are submitting the super bill um, on their client's behalf um, and offering that as a service, like a, you're going to pay extra for this service or they're. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Their biller will do it or their billing companies that will handle out-of-network super bill submissions. And that seems like could be a nice service to offer. I think it's something if you were going to tr- to try it out and see if it ends up being worth anybody's time. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to see like, does, does putting it in, you know, because what's different about that is like a billing service, or if you have access to one of the clearing houses, you know, does putting it in through that, then, you know, that um, method of filing give you a different result than, submitting it like a client would, which might be through mail or faxing, it would be interesting to know how big of a difference that is. I don't know if anybody out there has tracked that, but I th- I mean, it I would think definitely be interesting to find out. I would love to see that presentation at a conference. I know, please. I want to that know that be data. Awesome. Because if it, is, if it would make a difference, if I felt like I had tangible evidence that my clients would be more likely to get some money back, if I submit the claim like through a clearinghouse, I would totally do it. Yeah. I, I would really, I really want that to happen for my clients. But I've had, I've just had enough kind of shady experiences where it makes me very hesitant that they're even going to make good. So like I had, um, I decided to see like what would happen if I tried what, um, some others are doing, which is they're not taking payment up front. They're billing out of network directly. So going to the insurance companies and saying, we saw your client, saw your, your, your member and for these services, and here's our bill. And they're using, you know, the same kinds of codes that we use on like for in-network billing to Uh see what they can get. Um, and see kind of where that can go. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to try that. I had a, a, my friend had a baby and I was like, well, let me just see, like, I want, she's like, I'm willing to like call. And so she, Be called, the she experiment. got, pre- <laughs> yes, got pre-authorization for two visits from her insurance oh, wow. had a pre-authorization number confirmation that they said we will fully cover two visits. So I did that visit in October of 2018. I have 
received, I don't even know how many different letters from them back and forth. I have not gotten paid yet. Oh my gosh. That's my biller has called them. I have called oh. them. She has called them. We've all called them multiple times. They send a letter. They said, the first letter was like, you didn't send it to the right department. So we sent it to the other address. We got a letter from that department saying, you didn't send this to the right department. Oh we sent gosh. it to the original department. Oh my gosh. It's we games. Said, they said, oh, we need They're the games. Well, you don't have pre-authorization. Yes, we do. It's right there <laughs> on the claim form. So I, I don't know. And this could be very geographic in nature. Oh, I don't think really, it is. But I'm I, you know, it's not, I'm certain it's not. I think they're all, I mean, the business model is the problem. I mean, their business model is the only way they're going to make money is to make sure they're not paying out too much. So their business model is to try to not have to pay out as much, you know, and right. then our business model is to try to get them to pay out. So it's like this cat and mouse game is like, they're going to, they're going to run one way and we're going to chase them. And then they're the other way. The place where I could see something like that working would be if you have a large practice with a lot of providers and, um, there's something, uh, the term called the revenue cycle management. And when you're dealing with insurance, that means I submit a claim on this date, but like, I'm not going to get paid for another two weeks or month. So the revenue cycle is the time between when I actually performed the, the consult and when I got paid. And so if you have a lot of, a, a large practice, you're seeing a lot of, of people, your revenue cycle management can handle not getting paid for a longer period of time. Right. Whereas like for me as a, as a, well, I now have somebody else doing consults, but we're still, I mean, like if I, if I, I don't, I can only do so many consults a week and I kind of need to get paid for them. Right. Like right away. Right. So I don't make it really challenging. And I think the other factor is, is the other thing when you're working with insurance companies that you want to remember is, you know, looking at your, average payouts versus your per consult payouts. Cause sometimes it can get really overwhelming. If you look at like this consult, I made this much, this consult, I mean, you're like piecing it out one by one, but if you like total them all up, cause you're going to get some, and, and this is just the mind blowing thing about being a network, some that they pay all the codes and it's like, you get this huge, you know, not huge, ever huge, but you know, you get this better payout and then another one, you get this lower payout and it's like, Finding what your average is, of course, we'd all expect to get paid the same on all of them because that would be what would make sense, but insurance doesn't make sense. And so to really assess kind of how this is working for you and and where you're at, I think also looking at the averages as well is helpful. It's just helpful. I mean, I don't know if you do much with it other than like deciding like this average doesn't work for my life and maybe I don't want to be a network anymore. Yeah. Which is definitely a legit place to get to. And I think you're totally right with that because so the different, a big difference when you go in network and accepting that contractual obligation is that you're then you're, you're using, um, the codes that apply to what happened during the consult versus saying, this is my fee for the consult. And here's like, um, the most conservative way to code a super bill is to put diagnosis code Z39.1, which is encounter for care and exam of a lactating mother. Um, because they're not, um, they're not gender inclusive at the, (laughs) 
the the people that write the codes, but that's what that code means. That's a diagnosis. And then the procedure code, what happened during the visit, the most conservative code to use is S9443. And that is a lactation class one unit. And that is all that it means. It is vague. It has no time allotted to it. It has no descriptors of what needs to happen during that class. So basically what I'm saying is, you know, I came to your house for a two hour lactation class and this is what it cost. And you send that to the client. Now, some of, I mean, to the insurance company, some of the insurance companies will come back and say, we don't cover classes. And then you can say, all right, then it was a one hour preventive counseling, but I actually stayed for two hours. They don't care if you stay longer. They only care if you try to charge for more than what you did and you put it on 99404. So these are very conservative coding for out of network super bills that really it's really hard to argue with with that. Um, when you're in network now you're saying okay if I submit if I say okay I was there for 2 hours and here's S9443 I'm going to get $60.77. So I'm not going to anybody's house for 2 hours for $60.77 when my babysitter is $20 an hour. Yeah, right. You kind of a standard of like the cost of living. So I now need to start looking at other codes and say okay what other codes apply and how can I combine them ethically? So I'm never right. over coding. I'm never coding for something I didn't do. So that may, is what Leah was saying about, you know, sometimes I'll go for a, co- a visit and it's super complex and I'm there for a really long time. And wow, wonder of wonders actually, actually pays for everything I did instead of saying, yeah, you, I, we think you stayed too long. We're not going to pay for that yeah, one code. We, we don't time, actually yeah. think we should have, you should have <laughs> done that, which is a tale for another day. But then if I go to somebody's house where I end up going, it's like a fourth visit and I'm there for 45 minutes and we just sit and talk about her going to work. I really can't ethically code for a very complex visit. That ends up being a pretty not complex visit. And I'm not going to get paid very much money for that visit. So I end up doing those visits kind of for love, not money. And sometimes I'll say, I actually can't, I can't accommodate your request to come back and see you with your baby is eight months or we're going to sit on your floor and play with your baby for 45 minutes. That sounds amazing. And like the most fun ever, but if I'm I'm not going to get paid for that, (laughs) I'm not going to get paid enough. And if I've got a a client with a more urgent request and more complicated situation, you do find yourself starting to make some of those decisions and saying, I don't know that I can actually afford to do those fun visits. Whereas with self-pay, I'm like, yeah, if you want to pay my self-pay rate for me to come to your house for 45 minutes and show you how to do tummy time. Like I'm so there. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I might, I might not charge them the whole fee for that either. (laughs) Right. But um, yeah, well, I definitely think it's important to talk, to talk to the fact that we have to be really smart in how we code because um, you know, one, we don't want to, to overcode and, you know, that could be getting into the place of being like fraudulent is to overcode and kind of overbill so that you can make some extra money. Um, but we also don't want to kind of set this precedent that could flag all lactation services. You know, if we start just billing these super high amounts, then we're going to get flagged as a place that money is draining out of the insurance companies. And then that can make it hard for all of us lactation consultants to get our, our, um, 
our coverage, you know, like to be in network and to get coverage. Um, so I think it's really smart. And I know there's been so many discussions on a lot of the Facebook groups about coding and just like how to code ethically and appropriately. And I think, um, there's some great resources out there, like the wonderful book that you put out there that really help us understand like coding. Cause I mean, that's not anything you're ever going to learn in your training as IBCLC, unless you go out and find it, you know, cause it's not going to be in that lactation management class is not also coding, but in every other healthcare profession, there is at least one class, like on billing coding, like everything else. Um, so you, we really have to seek out that information just so that you have a general understanding of how it all works. Cause that's something I didn't have. I really had to go seek out that information when we decided to go and network. Um, I really had no idea just the nuances of it all. Like you really have to be looking at so many factors when you choose your coding and that kind of thing. So I just wanted to speak to that, like really educating yourself so that you, you feel confident that you're using the appropriate codes and that way, you know, for sure you're ethically coding and certainly not doing anything fraudulent. And, and I think it's good to seek information from a variety of sources. So, you know, I wrote a book, but I didn't write the book and there, I, you know, the way I explain things might not totally go, like you might have trouble understanding the way I'm explaining it, but you might resonate with how somebody else explains it. I really like, um, Rebecca Costello has an online course on billing that I highly recommend. Um, I think it's, I think it's really, this is an area where you really don't want to look to just one person to tell you what to do. And people ask me, what codes do I use? And I say, I can't tell you that. I just cannot tell you what codes you have to understand why you're coding. You have to understand how to document what you're coding, how to, how to, all of this. There's so much that goes into it. And it's an area where you really, the, the more, you know, the better off you're going to be. And when you have questions, like specific questions, you're going to want to go to your own legal counsel or hire a professional biller, because these are going to be things that are going to come back to you directly. And so, you know, ultimately you are responsible for the codes that you choose and that you provide to your clients and the way that you bill. And if something goes wrong, you're going to be responsible. And so you really need to know what you're doing. And if you're feeling confused, it's not really a place to crowdsource. You may really want to seek targeted, specific individual information from somebody who is has your best interests in mind. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder because there's so much out there. Oh my gosh. If you start getting online and reading stuff, there's a lot of um, a lot of information out there and a lot of different perspectives on, on coding and billing. And so you really want to go to the authorities, the people that are trained in this area to make sure that everything you're doing is ethical and sound and, um, and it's going to best promote our profession in general. We don't want to be known as the, you know, money hungry people out there that are like, Oh, but if I added, you know, 20 more codes, I could, you know, we don't, we don't want to be known as that. We want to be known as like, we're getting, um, you know, we're ethically billing and we're getting a fair fee for the work that we're doing. And, um, and I think that will promote our profession as a whole. So definitely, because we also don't want to be known as the people who don't care what we get paid. We're just happy to be doing this work. Of course, we're happy to be doing this work. And there is no conflict 
between getting paid for work that you love. That is just, it's just not a thing. Make your money, be, be proud about it and be, and don't be afraid to be a little, to be assertive and say, I, as long as you feel confident that you are coding ethically and you're billing ethically and your payment policies are ethical, there's nothing wrong with you saying, I'm going to go for the most that is ethical. Right. Go for whatever that is. And that's a line that you are going to have to draw for yourself. Nobody can tell you where that line is, but the more, you know, the better equipped you're going to be able to make those ethical decisions that are in the best interest of your business and your clients. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. This has been a tough talk, but a great one because I think it's such, it's a hard thing to talk about because there is like so little information about lactation specific billing, you know? Um, But I think if we keep this conversation open and we keep talking about it and we keep trying to bring in more resources for our clients and for ourselves, I think we're going to continue to have success with getting more insurance companies to, to view us as healthcare providers that they should be covering. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have a tech tip for us today, Annie? I do. So um, I recommend if you're using, and this is going to be for those of you who are using um, electronic charting platforms, use the Superbill capability in your platform and collect the client's insurance information um, up front, have them actually type it all in, even if they're out of network, because then the... Um, the, your EHR platform is then going to generate a typed super bill. So they're not having, you're not handing them something. They're going to hand write in their name and their address and their plan number and their group number, have that printed for them. It's going to take them a little extra time up front, but, um, it'll be worth it. And if you're not using an electronic platform, but you are using acuity for scheduling and say you're, you know, charting, um, on paper, but doing online scheduling, have Acuity collect that information for you up front and just offer that as a service that the super bill is typed, but include that. Like, don't, don't ask, don't say like, and for $5 more, type <laughs> your super bill, but just right. bundle that into the fee for the service and provide it as a courtesy, because I do believe that. Um, and again, I want, I would love to see the data on this. One of you research heads can go there and get this done. But I do think that they are more like, they're going to have fewer obstacles to reimbursement the more things are typed on that super bill versus a hand things that are filled in by hand. Yeah. So it's just a nice thing you can do for your clients and um, you can have custom intake fields and acuity that will collect that information for you upfront. That's awesome. Yeah. I forget about that, that they have those, all those customizations yeah. is, is so awesome. So awesome. Well, it's been great talking to you today and kind of hacking through this, maybe not so fun topic, but you, we always seem to have great conversation and I love it. I love to keep this conversation going. So if you have comments or um, perspectives that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear that as well. So definitely share that with us and we'll look forward to getting back with you guys the next time. It was good talking to you, Annie. You too, Leah. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 